Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. I'm Shrikar Rajendran. And I'm Anish Gupta. But wait, wait, and, it's actually it's actually Judd Disney Smith. No, okay. Jamiki. Jamiki. <laughs> These two, for some reason, for the past week, uh, <laughs> like to focus on the fact that when I won picks, actually our first year. Buy a tiebreaker in playoffs. But yeah, go ahead. Hey, I can't control. I can't control that we only did half a season. And I know, and I think you know too, you know, just the level of dominance I was at was going to win it, you know, full season. I think all, all the fans won off know a tiebreaker. What dominance yeah, All the fans there. know it too. All the fans know it too. Okay. You already know. But now, no. the, but we've, now that we've established the Joe Mickey and the Joe Disney nickname, now you can go ahead. Now I can go ahead. Thank you very much. Well, uh, last week, the NFL was pretty wild. There was uh, a hell of a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to get into that in this episode. A lot of COVID craziness going on. Urban Meyer was finally fired, thank God. Uh, and a lot of other takeaways, as well as picks for next week and some fantasy information especially from in our opinions uh because fancy playoffs have started is getting down to the important times but anyways how's it guys how's it going you guys and how was your football weekend and i swear if you laugh at me one more time for only winning half a season i might just stop recording <laughs> you brought it up not me <laughs> what what a week of football what a week of football um i got a thrilling game with niners bengals just a great game all around picks man 13 and one. I don't know if that's the best week that any of us have ever had. I, we could go back and check if there's any way. I want to say statistically it is, but I'm not going to go out and say like, that's the best week considering that like we all had pretty great weeks. That's fair. Everyone had had, a great week. I think I had a 15 and one last, last year. So I think we tied one loss. None of us have gone undefeated. And it all came down to that Monday night football game. Cardinals. Come on, man. But it was a great week. I hope for more weeks of football like this one. It was probably one of my favorite weeks so far, but overall, just great mood in a great mood right now. Um, so biggest game of the year was on Sunday, and obviously I had COVID. So I was trying to root for them, and my voice was just so gone. Uh, but we won. The Browns won. That was huge. And then I have to wake up on Wednesday morning to find out that literally 30% of my roster has the same disease as I do. Dude, this COVID stuff is, is just pissing me off so much. Like, literally, I just looked at my fantasy team and three players are out. Tyler Lockett, Darren Waller, and Jalen Waddle. Really? Like, nice. dude, it's, it's crazy right now. COVID is putting up Wilt Chamberlain, Chamberlain numbers. They're putting up Patrick Mahomes versus the Raiders numbers right now, and it's not fun. Uh, obviously, it sucks to see, but I think the NFL just changed the rule saying that, you know, you only need one negative test instead of two. Jack and I kind of talked about it before the episode, a little bit less conservative considering that the virus is spreading like a wildfire in both the NFL and in the NBA. So that's kind of sucks to see. Obviously you don't want to get this type of disease, but the people who are vaccinated again, like we talked about earlier, just, you know, milder symptoms. So it's easier to come back stronger um, as opposed to last year when like, for example, Miles Garrett had it. And he wasn't vaccinated at the time, right? Back in like November, he was the it literally ruined the rest of the season. He was like so tired and he couldn't play full snaps. Like same with so, Cam. Yeah. So, you know, it's better. It's good that, you know, the vaccines are kind of getting out there and people are seeing that at least, you know, not for the spread, but the effectiveness of it. Uh, you know, that's kind of my recap. Yeah. When Trigger, you mentioned picks like last week, obviously, you know, kind of figured the Jets were going to lose against the Saints. Darnold's still out on, on IR, came back this week, but doubt he plays. And so, you know, focusing on picks and it just pulled with my heartstrings so badly. It started on Thursday. I was the lone wolf, had Pittsburgh turn that game off early because Minnesota was killing them. And then all of a sudden Pittsburgh starts coming back. 
And on the last play of the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers lose. And I'm already down 1-0 coming into the week. Uh, same kind of deal. We get the, the Bengals against the uh, against the Niners. And I'm thinking that they're going to make this comeback. They're going to win. They go down an OT. I think they're going to score a touchdown. They kick a field goal. Niners come down the field and score. So just really pulled Jimmy on my G. heartstrings. Took, took a little tumble down uh, below you fans and below Shrikar now, but going to have to come back. It was still a really good week of football. I mean, there were some great games just that Bengals game in general, the, that, the midday slate where we got that one and the bills bucks game were just fantastic football games. Both went to OT, got some extra football. It was pretty awesome. But trigger, I, I mean, your takeaway was something that I wanted to talk about in the intro. Uh, and then we heard the news last night that urban Meyer was fired. And so not to steal any of your thunder, but you want to get into it. Yeah, let's do it. My takeaway um, is that we could see multiple one and done's in the NFL for the first time since 2007 when Cam Cameron and Bobby Petrino were both fired from the Dolphins and Falcons, which is crazy to think about. Back in 2007, that was the last time we had multiple one-and-dones in a year, but I definitely think it could happen again. And obviously we're starting with Urban Meyer. That guy is just the epitome of a disaster. And I've been saying it, I think he's got a real case to be the worst NFL coaching hire like ever. I, I genuinely think so. I'm, I'm obviously you got your Hugh Jackson's, you got your Jim Tom Sula's, your Chip Kelly's. When you look at Urban Meyer and what he's done since coming to Jacksonville, and it's not even the record, it's the record combined with you know everything off the field. It's it's just crazy. It's crazy. And I, I don't think that I've really seen in real time a worse coach with more, I guess, just negative energy around his name in the NFL than Urban Meyer. Um, but now he's out of Jacksonville. Daryl Bevel is going to step in as interim. The other two coaches that I was looking at um, as, you know, other potential one and dones, David Cully and Robert Sala. And if we start with David Cully, he's 66 years old. Let's keep that in mind. He wasn't the Texans first choice this past winter when they were looking for a head coach. So, you know, if they want to go in a different route, um, especially with the Deshaun Watson situation, I could see him being done in Houston, honestly. And I know it takes some time with Casario and Cully, but he's just not been that great. I mean, I, it's just, do they look for a clean break is what I'm saying. Do they want to just start fresh again? Because this is going to be a long rebuild. Um, and I don't know if Cully is the guy that's going to be manning this, especially at his age. And then you got Robert Sala. And I'll say this, first off, I don't think he's going to be fired. I think he'll get another year in New York. He he's young. Um, he was a very hyped tire coming into the year, but the returns have just been awful. I mean, you look at what Zach Wilson's doing. He's been, in my opinion, the worst starter in the NFL to this point. Um, 56.1% of his attempts have been completed. That's terrible. Six touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's been awful. And then also Salah's a defensive coordinator and you look at his defense and it's almost like historically bad. They're allowing 30 and a half points per game and 419 yards per game. That, and those are both worse in the league. So the Jets probably give Sala another chance, but I think they definitely have to consider moving off from him after one year. So I think we already saw Urban go, but I think David Culley and Robert Sala, those could be two guys that we could see also depart after one year in the NFL. Yeah, I think quick reaction to the Urban kind of news. Uh, obviously, you know, he coached Ohio State. I was a big fan of him there. Uh, and then obviously all the allegations came out and I was like, all right, this guy's kind of, kind of, kind of got to go. And I just don't really, I, after that, I really didn't see him 
he, I didn't think he was supposed to have a place in, you know, the football coaching world, um, but he was given a chance. And um, I think, you know, I listened to a couple podcast episodes about that uh, from Colin Coward and uh, this guy, Ryan uh, Repetino or something like that. I forget his uh, last name, but uh, yeah, they were kind of talking about it. And basically, you know, the NFL world kind of doesn't like, uh, they're kind of reluctant to adopt college coaches and adopt college schemes and adopt college systems. So, you know, when Urban kind of came in, just it wasn't, you know, I think it's the NFL is kind of glad that he's gone. And look, from a football perspective, the Jags had a couple of good games. Like he coached a couple, you know, of good, solid football games, especially the Buffalo one and the Miami one. But he brought so much unnecessary attention. The Jags, who are, you know, football wise, were pretty irrelevant this year. Right. They were relevant for all the bad things, all the drama, all everything unnecessary. And I've always said this. Right. It's just it's so stupid. If a team has unnecessary stuff that you can get out of do it as fast as possible, you know, just get rid of the narratives because that will haunt you. And that can, that can easily consume, you know, this and put a dark cloud over your franchise. Um, so that's my thing with the Jags, you know, it's good that Urban's gone. Cause again, just so many things just piling on top. It all started with that hire with uh, the coach from yeah. Iowa, I believe the strength. And Chris Doyle, Chris Doyle. Yeah. That, you know, again, you, you don't do that. Like that is not something that you can endorse or, you know, back. And that's, I think it was just downhill from there. And I think the worst part also is Trevor Lawrence coming out and saying that, you know, hey, I want James Robinson on the field and just literally being denied, like, or just, it wasn't, you know, and for him to say that publicly and really get those things kind of out there, right, from, you know, your quote-unquote star quarterback or the guy that's kind of representing your franchise, that's just, you know, again, not a good look. So that's my take on the Urban situation. I'm glad he's gone. Um, you know, maybe he'll find some type of job and, you know, maybe media analysts or something like that, because, you know, he is, he is a face, uh, but now I think that face has just been kind of, you know, graffiti on and derailed i think that's my take on urban but for david cully and robert sala look the texans have just you know these are two teams that just like again from a football standpoint have just been irrelevant this year and which really sucks you know to say because there's only 32 teams in football right and there's only 32 head coaches there's only 32 starting quarterbacks things like that nature but these two teams really haven't done anything and i think you know for david cully they do fight for him and they've had some good halves of football they really have throughout the season they played well in some decent amount of games, but you're right. Trecar, I think age is a factor. And I just, I just don't know, you know, what, like, you know, what David Cully could really bring to the table that we've seen enough of, like there, there hasn't been enough, you know, quote unquote flashes in my eyes that have said, okay, give him another year. Right. Like, like you know, Dan Campbell, I've seen enough to say, okay, they fight really hard for this guy. And again, in that win, right. Like they, they've looked really good in some games. That's the guy that, you know, I can kind of get behind but David Cully again, just not enough. Uh, and then Stala, you're right. The Jets have been, <laughs> especially on the defense. My God, like, like that, disappointing. Like really disappointing. That's I think that because you know I I thought this was a team that with a pretty solid roster on some you know especially in some positions I thought this team could you know win a couple games that they shouldn't and you know win you know five or six. I was with Jack on that actually, but yeah, again, disappointing. I should have just predicted a two and fifty. They have. I mean, they have won some games they shouldn't. I mean, they've beaten the Bengals and the, and the Titans, and they've looked they looked pretty good in those games. It's just like for some reason on a weekly basis outside of those games, their defense is the worst in the league. And Zach Wilson just either has a great game or he sucks. They really like don't many have very games, many mid-level games. I'll ask, cause you are a Jets. Like how many games could you considerably say, you know, or comfortably say besides maybe the Bengals and the Titans that they've outplayed their opponent on either side of the ball. <sighs> That's tough. I mean, I have to go back. Um, like, I have, like I've looked at, I've looked at some of like, I just really can't name you. Any other game. Like I think it's tough, too, because, like, 
solid while the roster was like it definitely wasn't great and you could say like there were some pieces there i feel like maybe two two of the biggest pieces i would say are arguably the two best players on the team both have been carl lawson preseason out for the year and makai beckton's been out since like week two i want to say the week two or three um so like I do want to spare Saul a little bit. I think while we, we thought there were some promising pieces on the roster and those promising pieces have looked pretty good. Like, I mean, you look at Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Bryce Hall, like there've been some, some pieces that have shined uh, and, and have shown you something. The roster wasn't great. I mean, he came into, to the Jets, their, their schedule has been decently difficult. Um, and I think, I think you look back to that Falcons game is like one where, they looked pretty good and they just didn't get a win. Like there aren't many games where I can say like they lost and they deserve to win. I think that Falcons one could have been one of them. Um, But I mean, I don't think that Salah will be fired. I don't really think he should. I think you give him one more year to to see like that. Coley, I'm uh, again, I'm not completely sold on um, either way, him being fired or staying. I think, yeah, you're right. Age is a factor. The Texans have not looked good. And, And I think that this might be, I think they might've used Coley as the guy where they hire him this year. I mean, it was kind of a out of the blue hire. It wasn't really a big name that was talked about coming into the off season, but also that's kind of like how they approached their free agency. They didn't sign big names. They signed a bunch of expendable players. They could trade away at the deadline. I, that may be how they treat Coley too, where they now look this season and this off season, they may bring in some bigger free agents and now focus on a coach for the long term. Whereas Coley and a lot of players they brought in were kind of just guys to hold them over for a year. I mean, I don't think, you can even spare the name of Dan Campbell quite yet. We all love him. I think as like a personality guy and a player's coach. Um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of hard or it's for some reason, easy to forget that the lions have right, won yeah. one game. They've won one game. And his and play like, calling hasn't been amazing. No, it hasn't. Oh yeah. Play, yeah. No, when he took over play calling, he's been pretty awful. But so yeah, it's I, like a, one of those three guys, I, I think I can see it in the cards that they get fired. I'm not, completely yeah. sure which one it's going to be yet I, I feel pretty confident in saying that robert sala isn't going to get fired um i don't think dan campbell's going to get fired I, i'm i would bet on no i would yep. bet on no uh coley's the one that like i can see it and and i feel like there's a better chance than not that there's one of the three but of course i want to focus on urban just because i wanted to talk about urban in the intro just because of how much stuff has been coming out about him and you know some coaches have issues and they make mistakes where they, they kind of stick with them for a little bit of time I mean as much as we love Bill Belichick there's the stuff where they were uh, stealing footage uh, from the sideline of course you remember Tom Brady and him for deflate gate and you remember all these things Urban Meyer is the coach where he this season has done so many just unbelievably ridiculously bad things that you forget the stuff that came before him. I mean, you hear him kicking uh, kicking uh, Josh Lambeau in preseason, and then you kind of forget and forget to remember that he was seen in a bar with someone other than his wife rubbing it up against him after not flying home with his team after a primetime loss. That was, yeah, that's... And then that you was- forget about the fact that he hired a uh, reported discriminatory strength coach from Iowa to come be the strength strength coach. And that makes you forget about the fact that they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round and then said that they were planning to use him uh, as a slot receiver and then openly admitting he didn't want Etienne at that pick and he wanted Kadarius Tony instead. It's like, there's a huge list. You could write like a two page list of all of the things that urban has done, uh, had done, I guess, since he joined the Jaguars and every, every step of the way we were there saying, you know what, I'm getting this weird feeling. Like, I just don't know if Urban's meant for for the NFL. And right since the hire, 
we all kind of were skeptical about it. And, and I feel like it all came full circle. I'm glad that some of those Jaguars players, James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, I guess uh, Lambo isn't quite on the team anymore, but I'm glad they all kind of got that out of the way. Urban's finally off the team out of the NFL. I think it's another nail in the coffin for college coaches in the NFL, but that's a different story. I think urban as of now, I think I understand a little bit more a why he wasn't hired in another college. I think I understand why some players tend to not like him. Um, but it was just, I mean, it, I think you could say it's one of the, the five stories of this year in the NFL. And sure. I think that we've been there along the whole way. And I'm glad we kind of got this, the, the book end to this side of the story finally being fired. I mean, we, I think we've all been wanting this for a long time. It's, it's good to just finally see it because the, the turmoil, the drama, it was just too much. If I'm the Jaguars, yeah. one guy I'm looking at, Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the Bucks. I think that would be a very full circle moment. Obviously, he was QB for the Jags from, I think, 03 to 06, I believe. Um, and he, obviously, as a coordinator for the Bucks, he won the Super Bowl last year. Um, he's probably going to go on another run this year. And he's only 41 years old. So I think he could be that long-term answer because this franchise has not found its guy in, what, 20 years? Like yeah, it's been a now. long time. Yeah. So I think Byron Leftwich could be that guy. I think he's my top guy right now. Well, look, I think for the Jack, like, look, this is, this was a team that I was, this was, this was probably like my worst take ever on this pod. The fact that the Jags <laughs> seven. seven games, but like, you know, the, again, this is still a really talented team and they've shown it in some games. Right. And again, like I said, I think urban, I, I'm, I know I'm trying to defend the take, but I think urban is the reason why this team is two wins right now. Like, and it's not maybe one of the reasons. Like, I think he's one of the, yeah, one of the main, he's the main yeah, because reason. Of unnecessary, the unnecessary, like the unnecessary narratives he brings on. And look, if you're a coach, right. And, or like, if you're trying to get a head coach and uh, head coaching job in the NFL, right. And I'll kind of make this quick. There's only 32 out there. And this one, you've got, you know, one of the most talented college quarterbacks to ever come out. And we really just, there's not enough on him yet. Like, you know, we, and yes, I know he's played bad, but you know, there's still time to salvage it. Right. Like this isn't a guy who's in year three and it's like, all right, this is Sam Darnold. This is um, this is Trevor Lawrence we're talking about, a guy who has all the tools, all the, uh, you know, and has shown it in much bigger games than Sam Darnold did in college. Sorry, I had to bring up the comparison. But, <laughs> How's Daniel yeah. Jones doing, by the way? Give him time. Give him time. Well, uh-huh. That has no, nothing injured. to do with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he's injured. You take, yeah. a, you take a jab, I take a jab. Yeah, okay. He's better than Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, I think uh, I think that's you know if you, if I'm a head coach, I kind of look at that and say like this is such an easy thing for like you know imagine such a narrative change where you can you know make the Jags at least in somewhat of a way shape or form a winning team right like the narratives you would get or the praise you would get as a coach would be insane and you know even if you fail what what is it it's the Jags you can easily kind of use that in excuse I think it's a win win for someone who is looking at a head coaching job and it really seemed like. <sighs> tell me if I'm wrong, but it just seemed like he was kind of relishing in the drama. Like he was just refusing, refusing to kind of give up and say, you know what, there needs to be changes made around here. We can play better. Maybe I'm at fault here, but no, it's my assistant coaches are losers. Uh, you know, I think Andre Cisco played a little bit this week. I think his, his snap count went up. And that was absurd to me. It's, that was, it's, that was ridiculous. See this one. So like, we haven't even talked about like how, in terms of a football perspective, how bad the Jags have been. It's literally just been this. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't, have we ever broken down the fact that T-Law threw for four picks last week? Or like, have we broken down their offensive scheme? Like I haven't seen anybody do that. 
Well, no, actually, their offensive scheme is having two wide receivers run into each other like just about every week. That's, see, like the, this one, this one, like we don't even talk about it. And the fact of the matter is, is like it's bad on both. But this is this is obviously you know, it's got to be impossible to focus when your coach doesn't know whether you actually played or not. Your coach is kicking you. Your coach is telling all the other coaches they're losers, or your coach is getting in an argument with you and and slamming your wide receiver room. Like, I think I think the main part, like we can focus as much as we want on the stupid things he's done or said but I think the main part was just the stubbornness and that that just drug down the entire team like there was there's no way that you can as a player play through that yep no and this is the last thing I'm going to say about Urban but you're right he can't hold himself accountable he never did even when Robinson wasn't getting the carries that Trevor Lawrence was asking for college either so no No, he He didn't didn't need to that's the thing he he, Uh, he, see all of that success in college ruined this moment no, for and even no, when James Robinson wasn't getting the carries that Trevor Lawrence asked for in the post game press conference, the media was was just going in on him, and all he had to do was give honest answers. So when a media person asks, "Why isn't James Robinson getting these carries? What was your game plan? Why didn't you give him?" Car-? He just says, "Just ask the running backs, coach." Like, no, we're not going to ask them. We're going to ask you. You're the guy in charge. He couldn't take accountability. And he well, and then it comes out later that it was him. You saw that, right? And Yeah, it was yeah. him. And he's in the moment, he's not being honest with himself. And it's obviously going to take a toll on the team. And it's going to ruin that trust that the ownership um, and that this roster happened. And it's just why? It was that college, college to the NFL transition that Anish talked about coming into the year where you're going from some kids mm-hmm. who, aren't get, who aren't making any money and they're, they're just kind of playing for you. They come in and out every couple of years to you're running an NFL franchise where everyone is using this as a job. This is their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And when you're in college, you don't have to explain things to the kids. You say, you know what? I got a couple four stars behind you who want some carries too, but you come into the NFL. It's James Robinson, undrafted free agent. Who's on a nothing contract and won't make money for the next couple of years. And you actually have to explain to the media, to him, to the rest of the team, why he's not getting carries in college. It doesn't matter. And he had success for so many years at Ohio state and other schools. Yeah. yeah. That he he didn't need to explain himself. Mm -hmm. He was, he could say, this is the reason this worked. You guys have to do it. If not, you're going to get benched because our recruiting classes are insane, but he comes to the NFL. It's not the same deal. And he's like this weird blend of like, there's the coaches that are kind of like the, the dictator coaches like Belichick, where if you fumble, you're not going back into the game, but at least he's going to own up to that. At least he's going to say it It's probably to your face. And he's going to say it to the media. Urban would do stuff like that and just kind of back away and say like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do that. He's going to kick yeah. a player and say he didn't do it. He's going to, yeah, he's going to not care about Andre Cisco, but then back out of that question when he's asked, it's, it's like, it, Makes no sense to me. I'm, I'm just glad he's gone. I'm, I know we talked a lot of, hey, this is a Jaguars segment, I guess, because, you know, yeah. it's glad they're finally getting some attention from us. But I will say this too, like from a football perspective, I think because there have been coaches that, you know, like have figured it out. Like Jimmy Johnson won one in 15 his first year and he was from college, right? So like there are coaches that have sometimes figured it out if you give them a couple of years. Like for example, I, I still believe that Saban could have figured it out. He went 15 and 17 with no quarterback with the Dolphins. So like yeah. I, I'm of a belief if you had given Urban time for Urban amongst all of this, I think from a football perspective, he could have figured it out. But it's just this personality. That's yeah. That was the problem, right? And again, in the NFL, personalities are a huge issue. That is something, you know, character is one of the biggest things in football 
Um, and because just because it shows so much easier in the NFL. And I think like, as I was saying, you know, in the beginning of the season and even what Jack was alluding to now, like these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids, right? Like we're college kids. Like, and I still feel like a kid. Like if someone were to tell me like, Hey, you got to do this, I will listen. Right. But, you know, try and telling a 27 year old, you know, to sit on the bench or like, you know, saying like, I'm in charge of you, right? Like you never see college players argue with personnel in the NFL. It happens a lot. Right. And, you know, we, it happens a decent amount of times where a player will be like, well, you know, sometimes argue with their positional coach or, you know, even with the head coach, we're even seeing it now with Trevor Lawrence, who's like 20, 21. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of my final thoughts on it. If you guys want, want to move on to another takeaway or mm-hmm. you guys want to say anything else. Yeah. We get, we can touch on mine, which is, it's going to be a happier conversation and I'm tired of ranting. So now I get to talk about something I'm actually genuinely excited about, uh, which in this case is the AFC, quarterback pro bowl race and i'm not just talking about this year i'm talking about the next decade the next 20 years because it is going to be absolutely ridiculous i came in after watching stuff last week wanting to talk about burrow and herbert specifically and i wanted to make some bold claim like oh burrow and herbert can run the afc for the next decade and i'm like well i could say that because i think that there are players that in if they were given just a regular conference would be capable of doing that but then i'm thinking about like there's mahomes Allen's in this division. There's still Lamar. And I was like, okay, I'm going to change it. I talk about all of these players kind of in the same breath, but mostly focusing on Herbert and, and Burrow because they've both been absolutely incredible this season playing up to their draft status. Uh, Burrow's been the six, six times FedEx air player of the week. Like that's absurd. Six times as the most in the league, three time AFC player of the week. And obviously we know how good he is. Uh, I assume you both saw his throw last week to Jalen Guyton. It's, that is one of the best throws I've seen in my entire life. It might life. be the best throw I've seen in my entire life. Um, crazy arm talent. I I think he's second, if not first, most talented player, uh, most talented quarterback in the league. Like he's pushing Mahomes. Mahomes. He's pushing Mahomes. I don't right. know. I, I, I don't know if you agree with that. He's pushing Mahomes. I think uh, you could still say Rogers over Herbert too. Oh, no, yeah, no, think... Rogers consensus one. Come on now. No, no, yes. talented. Mahomes. I thought... yes. Mahomes. No, no, consensus. Just be... because Rogers makes way less mistakes. This has always been my that's thing. not, I don't, I, I don't that know. has to be, that Hold has that. to be part talent. of, he is more accurate. Like, that has to be part of talent. Like, I think, like, I, I guess from like an arm strength standpoint, yeah, but I, I include accuracy because I think, like, I just think the Rogers throws that they can things. make. I, 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 I think they can do the same, right? Like I've seen Rogers make some throws where I'm just like, what the hell? Like the one remember Jared cook against, uh, yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, I, I can say about Mahomes get, too, though. yeah, see, like, that's what I'm saying. Like there's only a handful, but I would still say, you know, just because, um, what do you call it? Like I, I include accuracy just a little bit okay. in town because, like, to please everybody. Then one of, if not the top, one of the top two most talented young quarterbacks in the league. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and, and on Burrow's side, like I, he's not like the same flashy kind of impressive. Um, but I think what he's done this year with that Bengals roster uh, and coming back from they've been in the depths of the NFL for the last couple of years. Uh, his pedigree and what he's done this year has been equally impressive, in my opinion, as to what Herbert has done. I'm not going to go as far as PFF by saying he's the second best quarterback in the league this season. Uh, and they routinely rank him above Herbert, which is, I think, like Twitter right now is having just a really weird time trying to understand how that's possible. Uh, not as many, you know, big time throws, 60 yard bombs, uh, but 
his comeback this week against the Niners, uh, his just ability to go out there, win football games, um, his mental makeup, everything. Burrow has been incredibly impressive to me this season. Uh, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that those two are going to be perennial contenders when they're healthy uh, for their divisions, for AFC championships, and possibly even for Super Bowls. But then, like I mentioned, you got to, I think, still recognize that there's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson in this division. There's, there's two super or two MVPs, uh, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl ring, and then Josh Allen, who a lot of people thought could win MVP this year, possibly could have won it last year. Those three, again, also the most, some of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, some of the best quarterbacks in the league. And this isn't even accounting for possible breakouts like Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, like, or even Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, possibly coming to the AFC and joining the Denver Broncos. There are three quarterbacks from each conference each year that get to make the Pro Bowl. And I think there's at least those five that I mentioned, plus possible breakouts, plus other players coming in in free agency in the draft. How are, how are we going to make a Pro Bowl ballot for the next decade with th- only three AFC quarterbacks? It's absurd. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. Like the AFC I- is so strong quarterback wise and it's so fun. I mean, like it's probably one of the highlights I think this season as well. Um, I think it's going to continue to be one of the most exciting things in the NFL. I agree. The future is in amazing hands right now. Yeah. Um, and it's just been continually proved time and again, you know, over the weeks that we've watched this season. Now, in the Herbert versus Burrow debate, I kind of take the stance that Herbert is elite and Burrow is great. I never want to knock Burrow because one thing is I love his guts. He's a very gutsy quarterback um, and it usually pays off for him. As you said, mental makeup. I think he's got it there. But Herbert is just, I think, I just think he's on another level. I just think he's on another level. And it's not even no shade to Burrow or anything, but I think Herbert's just there. But I think you're right. I think you're right. It's going to be very exciting to watch, you know, over the next 10 years even, you know, what's going to happen with the league, especially in the AFC, the NFC side too. It's looking very exciting. Kyler Murray's, uh, he's broken out already. He's looking great. Um, Trey Lance, who knows what happens with him. I think just – Snuck in Trey. Of course, he went Kyler and, and Trey. You know, skip over. I'm a Niner fan. What? Leave me alone. What? I'm a Niner. You didn't even mention Rogers, Brady. Brady. I, mean, like, I said what? over the next ten Trey years. Like... I said over the next ten years. I'm gonna name okay. young guys. Okay. So okay. Obviously, okay. I, but but yeah, you know what I mean. The future yeah. is in great hands, and I'm very excited. Yeah. Anish, before you go, how do you how do you yeah. feel about this comparison where it's Herbert and Burrow as Rogers and Breeze? Ooh. over the next like over the next generation of of nfl i don't know i, I, like I, I feel one. like I, I i think that's not bad but i think again like i i'm i'm guessing you're alluding to herbert being rogers and burrow yeah. being breeze well yeah, then brady I, will I probably just stay so herbert is breeze. He's not stop playing yeah <laughs> and I, look i think i mean we're a little bit of a weird call just because of play style and stuff but i guess, I guess you're talking in terms of narrative but I, feel, I will no, say I feel this. Like, I feel like I feel like Rogers and Herbert compare play style wise, and they compare and, pretty well. But not Burrow and I, I don't know. Burrow, I feel like they're almost directly comparable. Burrow's not yeah. at like Breeze was crazy accurate. Like this dude, like dude, Burrow even, set the single season FBS. No, no, I know, but percentage like, record. His, his turnovers have been up this year. Like I don't think he's known for his. I think Burrow, like again, like so obviously you guys know I love Burrow a lot, and I. Like, I still think, I still think he should go first overall. I'm not saying he's better than Herbert. I just think for the situation, what Burrow kind of came into, I think, you know, I think I'm glad both went into where they were considering like, cause here's the thing, right? Like Patrick Mahomes was blessed with Andy Reid and, and a playoff caliber roster. 
Herbert took a five and 11 team with questions on the coaching staff, right? Questions on the offensive line and look what he's doing in a second season. And this is like, you know, this is just absurd to say what, and I agree with you, Shrikar. I think Herbert is elite. I think this guy needs to be in your top five. He might, I think he's already better than Lamar Jackson. And I think you can easily start comparing him to Josh Allen. Uh, this guy is really good at football. Um, you guys know, I love Burrow. I love my guys that are just have intangibles that are leaders. I love those type of quarterbacks. So, you know, Burrow will always have that special place, uh, for me and, you know, for what he's done with the Cincinnati team his second year, especially off the ACL, like we have to give him some credit, but like, that's crazy to what, you know, he's been, he's been able to do in a loaded AFC North. Right. And, uh, in all these games, he's been really, really good, especially in the division. Um, you can honestly argue this year, he's been the best right in the division and you could start comparing him to maybe Lamar. But um, I think the whole overall AFC quarterback race, you forgot to mention Carson Wentz. Uh, but I did not forget. to mention. No, Carson we didn't Wentz. forget. I, I, I thought I'm popped into my head. I could, I knew you would say that. And I specifically <laughs> left him out. I did not forget about him. I'm kidding. But yeah, no, I think, I think for the next few years, this debate is really going to be good considering they are all young, right? These guys are yep. all below the age of 26. That's crazy to think about. And um I think the AFC is in really good hands. And there, there are still some breakout candidates, as you mentioned, right? Like yeah. who knows? maybe even Tua, right? Like we don't yep. ba- I mean, so Baker, many... could, Baker could return to the to the way he was playing the second half of last year. You yeah, have... you know, we, there's so many wild cards in yep. terms of that. And uh you're right, like even looking at the ballot this year, I was really kind of confused because I did one and I was confused on who to really take out of the AFC. Just Who'd you put in? gonna go off the top of my i know i gave herbert one i gave herbert approval vote um i think i gave burrow one too and i think it might have been mahomes i'm I wow you left allen, you left allen and lamar out i, I think mean, i lamar left is, allen I think lamar, out. lamar is i think i, think I think, left allen out because they were on a skid and lamar yeah. i left out because I, a couple uh, of weeks ago lamar would have been a tough out like a tough guy to leave out yeah so i think i think i did it right when they were kind of i think it was right after loss of the jags and also allen has kind of been up and down in terms yeah of, uh, you, so. you, you already know he was trying to figure out if if we would allow him to put wentz in and leave like, that's like, yeah i was just thinking i was just thinking. <laughs> i wanted to do it so bad as a beam i wanted it to so bad but, but i mean just, just imagine you know mac jones takes a step up in his second year starts throwing the ball downfield a little bit more starts looking a little bit more like tom brady imagine trevor lawrence playing like the prospect level that he is even Zach Wilson or a Kenny Pickett being drafted to Pittsburgh and starts to play well, Aaron Rodgers or Russ going to Denver. Don't, don't speak that into existence. I'll be really mad if that happens. I don't, I just, I don't know how we're going to be able to choose three people every year. Cause that's seven. There's, there's five right now. You figure one of those guys breaks out. That's six. (laughs) It's one will make the Super Bowl, So we'll make it a little bit easier. That's true. We get to put in like four. Yeah. So I guess, I guess in terms of that perspective, it's a little bit easier. You guys want to switch over to. I, first of all, I don't know how you guys aren't seeing the Burrow to Breeze thing. That's like, I don't know, scrappy. I don't see it as much just because I think Burrow is like, you know, a bigger frame and he's also a little bit bulkier and he can like run a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see, I, I don't see it as much. I always love, I know this is a weird one. I always love the, what do you call it? The Kyler Russ comparison. I love, I actually did like the Baker Breeze comparisons when he came out, when he came out his rookie year. Um, but you know, now again, I Baker's think a lot controversy on his hands than, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to compare breeze to really anybody just because he was like, he was the first small quarterback to be this good at throwing. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's really hard, but I, again, you guys know, I love Drew breeze, but mm-hmm. you guys want to switch it over to my, yeah, let's do it. so mine is finally going to be about, like, I think I've talked about AFC teams a lot this year. This one's a pretty, I like this one, the NFC, 
Uh, Micah Parsons should be uh, in your defensive player of the year rankings, and he should be right in the thick of it. Uh, I think he should be third. I know I would put Miles and TJ right there. Like, I think they're right in between each other again, because I can argue that Miles gets double team more, and I think TJ benefits from uh, playing in a 3-4 versus Miles gets double team in a 4-3. So that argument, you know, there's just a lot of that, and also TJ isn't healthy. But I think Parsons should be right there at number three or like, you know, or 1A, 1B, and then 1C, because this dude has been phenomenal. And, you know, this is a guy that I've watched a lot of. Remember, I did a video on him with him and JFK. They've been good in both of their, you know, retrospects, but Parsons, like, this dude has literally changed the entire Dallas defense. Like, this guy has been responsible for, you know, Randy Gregory playing well, D-Law at times, right? Like, I think because of him, you know, these weird matchups, like if you put him in, you know, plugging up the A-gap or him coming through straight through, right? A running back literally can't stop him. It's, it's, it's unfair. And he plays the game in such a weird way where he's literally like timing it. And he's just, he's like, he's not even bull rushing. He's just speed rushing at the guy. So he plays with such a unique way because of his kind of hybrid, you know, defensive caliber, right? Like, cause you know, he's listed as a linebacker, but he plays a lot of defensive end snaps and, you know, it's just, you know, I think Dan Quinn has a lot of fun with this guy. Uh, and you know, you can look at the numbers. I think he's had a sack in like the last six games or something. And he's got like 12 on the year. He's got a few forced fumbles and like, he's, he's really changed the course of some games. I think, you know, people really, I think this is a narrative that's coming out right now that, you know, we need to really start talking about him as like one of the three best, you know, edge rushers in football. I think my list right now for defensive player of the year goes TJ, then miles, then Parsons, and then probably Bosa. Yeah. But, but I mean, you said it yourself. He's having an incredible year and he is going to be, you know, the leader for that defense for hopefully years to come. I think he's got great leadership traits and obviously they rally behind him. Um, so I think he's definitely a top three edge rusher in football. Do you, are you saying this year or just overall? I'm going to say this year, but I'll, I'll also like, I'll also say this, like he's got mad potential. Like, the, and oh, you know, I'm sure. And I think Cowboys fans can finally put this to bed when I also said this too, like you guys are tripping if they're like, Oh my God, we should have gotten Sertan. Like, no, why did we get Parsons? I was like, really stop this. Like I was saying this back then. And I think Cowboys fans can comfortably say that now that, you know, as good as Sertan has been, like, he's been honestly like, you know, a top 10 to 12 corner this year, Parsons can just do more and he can just have a bigger impact play by play. Uh, Cause you've seen him sometimes do well in coverage too. Oh, yeah, right. he's been he's been pretty respectable in coverage. He had his flaws, I think, like preseason early in the year, but he's he's coming to his own. I think it's I think it's the interesting part is like they're not using him in coverage when he shouldn't be, if that makes any sense. Like they're they are using him the correct way. And they've mm-hmm. kind of learned, you know, this is this is when we can afford to put him in coverage. This is the time we need him on the line. We can take advantage of this matchup. We can blitz him then. Dan Quinn deserves a lot of. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Credit for what he's doing this year. This is why people, some people are just better as coordinators than they are head coaches because head coaches, it's a whole personnel issue and stuff like that. There's different jobs and people need to realize that. And I think like the cool thing about Parsons, he kind of lines up in these triangle formation, right? You can line up on one side of the line, the other side and right in the middle. Mm -hmm. I think that's like so cool about it. I also do want to say one thing. I I don't know if this was Jack, but I did have some, a couple comments on the video I made questioning his off the field stuff. I remember that was like, you know, a little bit of a concern. Yes. He's been nothing short of phenomenal. Like I, aside from that one, I think he said like one thing about um, how like the NFL isn't hard. Aside from that. Okay. That could come back to Biden. Yeah. Which is the same thing. Yeah. Well, like, which is, he said the NFL was too slow. 
or no, yeah, too like, fast. Like, slow, yeah, I, slow. I, slow. I think that's, I think it's just a little bit of like out there confidence. I don't, yeah, I don't like, know. Which isn't, which isn't even like a character. So like he's been nothing short of great. And like, you know, I've seen a little bit of a clips on Hard Knocks and I've seen some st- uh, stuff you know, of him mic'd up. Nothing short of phenomenal. I'm glad, you know, that at least take by me was kind of, you know, kind of passed through. Cause you know, yes, he had his issue or like he had a you know, little incident in college, but again, he was again, only like 18, 19. So and it was still rumors. Like that's the, the rumors yeah. were scary, but I, I don't, I think they ended up kind of not being the fruition was not that they didn't come to fruition. Like I think a lot of people thought it would before I talk about Parsons, I think you guys got to throw some more respect on Aaron Donald's name. I, I might still have Donald. Oh, well, I'm saying edge rusher. Donald Donald talking about defensive player of the year. Like Shrikar didn't put him oh, in his top four. Oh, okay. I believe Aaron Donald still leads the league in pressures. He at least leads Garen. Nope. I think uh leader in pressures is no, it's max. I think it's max. Yeah. I think it's max well i know max i know cross me and i think both is second what and yeah, i think uh, i think yeah i think he might be about garrett is fifth he Watt's not on garrett. i think i think uh yeah donald had 68 and garrett has 62 if i'm not mistaken yeah oh if donald got, he still has 12 sacks he's still yeah. aaron donald you know he's pulling more double teams than i know garrett's pulling a lot but on the inside uh he's getting double teamed in an insane amount so i'm just saying I think right now I have Parsons in my top four. I don't know the order yet, but those are my top four. Watt, Garrett, Parsons. one right now? But Donald, I think I, he's moving up there, especially after last week. Yeah. I mean, 14 mm-hmm. pressures in a primetime game. That's going to – it's going to earn him a lot. But, I mean, Parsons, you guys, you hit the nail on the head. He's been absolutely terrific. Um, I said coming in that JOK was my number one linebacker last year in the draft. I still stand by that mostly because – I mean, Parsons hasn't exactly been a linebacker. I, I think he's he should be played com- almost completely at edge going forward. With he's got the versatility to sometimes drop back in coverage. Um, JOK has been just as good in a different role. It, maybe not. Oh, yeah. That's game exactly game. what I was saying. No worthy the plays. They're they're two different players. So I feel like that you can't really compare that anymore. But Parsons has been tremendous. Um, if, if a tackle can't block him, you can't really expect a running back to, and they can't, he almost had an interception too. Like, I think the only thing we haven't seen from him this year is like solid hands. He was in yeah. perfect position and just dropped the interception last week. Um, he's been one of the top players in the NFL this year to completely changed a Dallas defense that I think we all really wrote off coming into the year. Yes. And something interesting he has through, through 13 games, a, I would say a better defensive player of the year resume than Khalil Mack had when through 16 games when he won it. And that's pretty was that crazy. The year, was that the year Khalil had the five sack game? I don't remember, I don't, but I know. Yeah, see, like, that's why I don't, because if, if that was the year, then I'm going to disagree. But if uh, if it's not, then I'll give you that. Because I remember, I remember like the year he won it, there just weren't that many hands. Like Watt was hurt. Um, I remember like Donald, I think had, I think Donald had just won it and like people didn't want to give it to him again. I remember the, what you were saying, but if that's the year you had the five sack game, then I'm going to disagree because that like, that was like week 16. And that like, really was like, Oh my God, this guy is here. Like Khalil Mack is here. Um, but yeah, I think like in terms of, you know, Parsons, what he's had in his 13 games, I like, dude, the sky's the limit for this guy because he can be an anchor for a Dallas defense for years. Like this, like LT was literally the, I'm not, I'm not going to say the part. Yeah, don't compare to I'm, not, I'm never going to do that. But what I'll say is LT was like an anchor, right? And a defensive leader that could have that impact for literally 10 seasons. Parsons has that type of potential, not saying he'll have the same impact, but he can be that anchor or that, you know, absolute like quote unquote defensive, you know, franchise piece, you know, someone that you can build around. Right. 
I think that and him, since he's so versatile, like LT, because LT would literally choose where he would go on the field and Parcells would, Parcells would get mad. I watched a documentary on it. Like Parsons is like that type of dude to where like he's just playing like how he wants to play in certain aspects. So two more things. Uh, one for the QB pressure stat. Donald isn't even in the top nine. It's Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons. Is that updated? Because I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's updated. It's through week 14. Okay, so then, yeah. That, Aaron Donald I has knew, 34. I knew Max was Aaron, one. Did you say right? Aaron Donald has 34? Aaron Donald has 34 QB pressures. I don't believe that's true in the slightest. Max how many, Crosby how many does Garrett also, have? Garrett has 44. Okay. Oh, this is, I think this, this must be just different pressure. databases because the numbers that I were seeing were in the 60s. So I think it's like... Yeah, I think... I, it's so different. It's I, different I know what calculate. graphic you're looking at, Jack. I think it's from Catch the Blitz. That's the graphic. Mine is from the so. stat page. I don't, yeah, I think different, it's different. What's he? Because like different stat pages yeah. qualify pressures in a different form. Yeah, like that's why like ESPN uses different like grades as PFF does for like QBR and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know. and then the yeah, second so, thing, the second thing I had was also this is the last thing I'm going to say about Parsons. This is why you should. This is why that best player available can yep. be better than team needs. Agreed. They didn't, as as Anish said, they didn't. A lot of Cowboys fans wanted Sertan. It it was a need. But if Parsons was on the board, I think it was the right pick. And obviously, you're seeing the dividends of that now. Yeah. So, by the way, Mac and so Mac, 2016 was his defense player of the year year. He was 11 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, 26 QB hits. Yeah. This I don't think pro that football would be reference. Uh, Micah this year, through three less games, is 12 sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and 27 quarterback hits through 13. And he's playing in coverage. Yeah, this guy is this guy is sensational. He's absolutely absurd. I mean, just hats mm-hmm. off to the Cowboys for for seeing through all the things uh, and that clouded people's visions, including mine, of Micah Parsons. And shout out to him for just balling. He's doing pushups on the sideline too. I mean, he's he's in his he's in his bag. He's he's just doing what he does. Uh, and I think that he's going to be a very key piece to this Dallas defense for years to come. He will he will contend for Defense Player of the Year this year future years uh so hats yeah hats off to micah parsons that's all for what we got for takeaways let's get into fantasy start sit it's fantasy playoffs so this is a little bit more important last week wasn't our best week but i think we on the season still been pretty good streetcar though terry man you started you told me to start terry i kind of believed in you <laughs> yeah, like oh. Anisha, i told you I told Shrieker for the episode, but I had I had to win and in, win and get in in the playoffs with my super team that I've mentioned before, and I had Lamar and Terry. Sucks. That's it was the yeah. worst. Playoffs but, in all seven, baby. I'm close in every matchup. I'm ooh, I'm I'm nervous, but you know. Do you want you want to start us off? Because because like, huh? hey, all seven in the playoffs got to be pretty good at fantasy football. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. So go with your start. Let's hear it. Oh, my start? Oh, right. Okay, I'm going to say – I'm going to say – so my start is going to be Rashad Penny uh, this week. And uh, I know he's coming off a big week. So, you know, I know it seems maybe a little bit obvious. But they don't have Tyler Lockett, right? And, like, I'm I'm still of the belief that Tyler Lockett is, like, Wilson's favorite target. So, you know, I think they're going to be a little bit more run-heavy in this game. I know they play Los Angeles, the Rams, right? And uh, James Conner had a pretty good game. Uh, and Penny has shown, you know, a little bit of highlights, both in the running and passing game. So I would say it's a good start. That's, that's my start. Jack, you want to go, Shaga? I have a question for Nish. I'm in a league. I think that Shrigar and I were talking about it before too. I've got in a flex, but I have to decide between Devontae Freeman, Michael Carter, Deontay Foreman, and Rashad Penny. Are you starting him over those three guys? <sighs> Tough between Foreman and Penny. I think those would 
probably really? be the two I narrowed down to. Yeah, because uh, the Titans, I'm forgetting who they play. They play uh, Pittsburgh, who gave up yeah. 200 yards to. That's what, yeah, that's why I'm saying, yeah, yeah, because Dalvin Cook went crazy against them, right? Mm-hmm. So, and Foreman's also been pretty good for them. They've had a decent, like, like they've had some games where Hilliard's gone off and Foreman, yeah. right? Like back and forth. So, I guess maybe for that, but if they, the Seahawks want to ride the hot hand, like Penny was yeah. able to do that on like 28 touches. And let's not forget, this guy was a first round pick. So, I mean, Pete uh, Carroll, Pete Carroll saw a, a former random first round pick of theirs at a running back position do well. And now you know he's going to get like 30 carries. Yeah, see, like that's right. what that's what I'm saying. I feel like this guy's like just gonna like leave it. And also, again, the Seahawks just don't have like the playmakers on the outside. So yeah. you know, I think it's a favorable start to maybe use Penny. Trigger. My start is Darnell Mooney against Minnesota. For whatever reason, Chicago always just every single player just ups like three levels when playing the Vikings. It's just how it is at home. Um, yeah, at home too. So I really like Darnell Mooney as a start here. I believe he's going to be lining up against Pat Pete. If I'm not mistaken, wait. No problem. I mean, I need streak. I need a replacement for Lockett, and Moody is the top guy available. I was. I think. I think you should start him over Gage. I think him and Gage are the two that I'm looking. I think you start him over Gage. I don't know. I I I'd say secondary. I don't know. I don't like trusting Russell Gage. That is true, but yeah, I like those. I, I think I'm torn between those two guys. Those are the two guys. I'm maybe Christian Kirk, but I'm le- I'm I'm liking. Oh, this. I would go Christian Kirk. I mean, because D hops out. Yeah, I think Kirk D hops out, but you still have AJ and you still have Rondell Moore there. Yeah, and they also Rondell Moore doesn't right, catch like, anything. And James Conner out of the backfield. I believe I saw that uh, they showed it on yeah, the end. Plus Rondell five yards. Not caught a pass five plus yards down the field all season. Mm. No, no, the the one there has to have been no. I think it's one. Remember the one where he caught said, on the sideline. I think said, they said zero against SF. The one on the sideline against SF. That was a. I think that was like the one. Like the, I know what you're. I saw the stat on ESPN yeah. too, but that has to be. If it's zero or one, I don't think it really yeah. matters. But I think Christian Kirk. Like they they got to stretch the field a little bit, and they yeah, got to throw the ball on the field. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn between those three. But and he's also, my fantasy start is I think it, it, he was one of your favorite players like two years ago, and you haven't really said his name. I want to know if you can guess. Two years ago, Devonte Parker. It's Devonte Parker. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. had a very high floor, all ceiling when he's healthy. He's back now, um, and with Jalen Waddle out, the lack of healthy or I guess I'd say active running backs on the Miami Dolphins roster uh, brings a ceiling for Devonte Parker. I think he's a must start as, as a wide receiver too. You throw him into a flex spot, that works too. Uh, but we've seen. When Jalen, when Parker was out, Jalen Waddle got just about every target. And now that Jalen Waddle's out, I'm sure we can probably see the same thing from uh, from Parker. So I'd say fire up Devontae Parker. I think he can win you this matchup this week. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really confident in this start. Okay. I love I love me some Devontae. I will always love Devontae Parker. But Jalen Waddle is just – I mean, like you wrote him as a, as a top 10 wide receiver. I was FC there. Yeah, I was time. there. You mentioned him with yeah. just about every episode. I know. I remember. I think, yeah, I think last year, obviously Dolphins were kind of just, again, they were kind of like this team that was winning off their defense, but like yeah. this year, honestly, like I think it's just Waddle being the number one guy. I think he's like replaced him. I think that's just kind of how it is, but yeah, you know, I'll always have love for Devonte Parker, especially after that one year. Is he available on your wire? You think? Oh no, he's not. I just checked. I, I, I picked him up yesterday and I just got lucky. I guess the I'm think, I again I'm I'm really liking this Russell Gage option between it's between Darnell him Mooney. Kirk and Mooney. It's between him Take and Mooney. Mooney out of the three. I'll I'll, I'll let I you mean, know. I mean, I assume it. someone like KJ Osborne isn't available. Uh oh, he's available there, but here's the thing, like I can't do my boy Thielen like that. I have one. <laughs> 
Is Van, Is Van Jefferson, Jefferson would be a good start? Uh, no, I think Van Jefferson got Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I, I, I go Mooney, too, over, yeah. over Gage. Because you never mm-hmm. know what you're going to get with Gage. You're either getting 20 points or you're getting three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But same with Mooney. Mooney's had some couple bad weeks. So Yeah, I just feel like the floor is maybe a little bit higher. Who's your yeah. sit? My sit? So, I was kind of deciding between two, but I think I ended up going with Chuba Hubbard. But another one could be Michael Pittman. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, again, obviously, you know who he's going up against JC Jackson. Like that's going to be hard. And I believe it's at new England mm-hmm. or yeah. So that's, that's going to be really hard for, you know, Pittman to kind of win that matchup again, just second year receiver going up against a really technically sound guy. Wait, you said at new England, I believe is it? Oh, it's, no, an Indy. it's an Indy. It's an Indy. It's an Indy. Oh, it's an Indy. Yeah. Oh, okay. That might change it up a little, but even then, you know, JC is probably going to shadow Pittman. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like his, What's the other guy like Udon or number 16 and then Zach Pascal oh, uh, yeah. Campbell, or Orion or Christopher Doolin or something or like Ashton Doolin. Ashton Doolin. Every like touchdown yeah. from, from Pittman the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, you know, that that's probably why I'm a little bit conservative on Pittman and then Chuba going up against that Buffalo front. I know Lenny had a good game, but like the Panthers just, you can't trust them. Literally like I bet on him last week or not bad. I picked him last week. Thank you for that. You trash franchise, you Darnold. It's They're literally Darnold. Back though, activated off IR, so <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why the fact that Darnold was on the stupid roster is why they lost. But yeah, I'm mad about. It. So those are my two, but I think I'm leading Chuba more. I think my sit this week, um, AJ Dillon. And here's the thing: the Packers' game plan going into this game is going to be throw, throw, throw. And the reason I say AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones is because I think Aaron Jones is going to get work out of the backfield. But the Ravens have a very stout run defense. Um, and I just think if you have other options over Dylan, I'd definitely say start him over over him. I don't think I think you would, right? Like in general, like because he's he's the second back. Like Jones got way more touches. Right, but no, but he can still score touchdowns. Played recently, yeah. And there's like intrigue uh, there because he's getting he got he got significantly more carries than Jones last week. Mm-hmm. It sucks yeah. because I had again in that same league that I had Lamar and Terry. I've got Zeke and Pollard, who just like Zeke came back a little too early, so none of them can really do anything fancy wise. They're and splitting same thing with Jones and Dylan. It was yeah, they're, brutal. They're splitting, and they've been giving Dylan a lot more carries over the past few weeks. So I'd say yeah. bench Dylan this week. My sit uh, bouncing back from Shrikar's uh, start last week. It's Terry McLaurin. He's <laughs> he struggled a little bit too much recently for me to keep being confident in him. He's facing now he's gonna go off. It's gonna be so funny. He yeah. probably will, but like it sucks because I think Terry is one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. I think we all really want to see him be successful, but it's kind of just his whole career. He's faced you know poor quarterback play, very inconsistent too. And no matter who they've got there, they just tend to not look his way, even though he's open. Uh, he's had low target totals recently. And this week, I mean, he's going to get, even if he's like, I don't even know if he's going to be fully healthy for this matchup. I think it's like a 50, 50 shot. And he gets Darius Slay, who's been pretty great this year. I think top 10 corner for really? sure. Um, I say, I think you got to keep Terry on the bench. He just, while there's been some weeks this year where you've kind of seen it come together, he just doesn't, he's for some reason, not a very featured part of this offense. Uh, and he's going to get the best player on the, on the Eagles defense lining up right on top of him. So I'd say you, you bench him. I was also thinking Dalton Schultz. And like I mentioned, Ezekiel Elliott Schultz has been, he's got a 10% target share since Cooper and uh, Gallup came back. I think actually just since Cooper came back and then Gallup on top of that. And Zeke got less carries than Corey Clement last week. Take that as, as you will. He's just not fully healthy and you just can't play him right now. I, I don't think. Maybe, maybe you got to play if you're desperate, but like, if you've got some better options, like, I'm not sure if I'd go as far as Rashad Penny, um, but there's got to be some guys there that you think about starting over Ezekiel Elliott. And it sucks because 
I just think they're bringing him back too early. And for fantasy managers, that's like such a tough thing to balance between because you're either going to get something like Dalvin Cook last week where he came back and rushes for 200 yards or you're going to get Zeke and Aaron Jones. So it, it's, it's pretty tough to balance between. What do you guys think of those sets? Not bad. I like it. Um, <laughs> Zeke commenting is really funny to me. It was a close game too. Like they were blowing him out for a little bit and then it became a close game and they still stuck with the rent. Yeah, because of Dak. That was, oh yeah. I mean, I, I think that'll be my way to sneak it in there. I think Bosa should be comeback player of the year, but um, obviously I think I'm going to give it to Dak because it's a favorable quarterback award. See, I knew mm-hmm. I'd find a way to sneak in. There. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, I was I was counting my, like down in my head, like where are you going to have much time left? When is he going to sneak yeah. this in? Yeah. Uh, you guys ready to get into picks? Yes, Let's sir. All right, so Shrikar, like we mentioned before, surged a little bit back up the rankings, 13-1, and one, little golf clap, but we forget about that. We're going on to this week because these next mm-hmm. couple weeks – going to decide picks. I really think that uh, this week, week 16, somewhat of week 17. And of course we're going to, week 18 is going to be a thing, but I, th- I really think these next couple of weeks, we're going to have a lot of variants. Uh, there's some great games. The first one though, that we're going to focus on this week, it's an absolute crapshoot because not only do the Browns not have Baker Mayfield, they don't have Case Keenum either. It looks like so we're gonna have Nick Mullins at quarterback might not even have Kevin Stefanski coaching this game. Tons of other players two two fists to the offensive line, including I would say their two best offensive linemen in Wills and Teller uh, Jarvis Landry, multiple defensive players all out with COVID for the Browns and the Raiders still suck. So it's like, who are you going with? Anish, you can start us off. You're a bounce man. No, no, you are. You're starting us off. No, I'm definitely not starting no, it off. We're Last not. Week sweet- no, 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 no. I'm starting. I'm, no, no, Anish, Anish, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Feel oh, free. Go, go. Okay. Come on. I'm taking. Dude, don't do it, dude. The Cleveland do Browns, baby. Yes. I'm taking yes. Nick yes. Mullins. I'm taking Nick yes. Mullins. Yes. Look. Yes. And the only reason is because I think the Raiders are just more emotionally fried than the Cleveland Browns right now. Even with yes. all that's going on with COVID, I'm going to take the Browns. And the only way I'm sticking with this pick is if Anish takes the Browns as well. So I'm passing it right off to Anish right now. Pass it to me because I am taking them as well. And here's Let's why. Go. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Okay. Okay. Look, the Browns do well when no one expects them to do anything. Like, they, I don't know why. When people expect them to do something, they fall but when people are like, all right, the season's over, they suck, 2019 all over again, they somehow just do it, okay? The Ravens game, right? I know, you know, I know Lamar got hurt, but they were up 10-0 when Lamar got hurt. So, look, they were, you know, they were all like, oh, my God, the Brown season is over, they're 6-6, six and six. the Ravens are going to come in here and win this thing, and boom, they, you know, somehow stay alive. They're still in it, and look, I know all the COVID stuff is rattled. You didn't even mention, how, like, some of the players, it's like, I, off the top of my head, I can try and name all of them. It's like Drew Forbes, David Njoku, Jedrick Wills, uh, Austin Hooper. Um, Tack McKinley. Yeah, Tack McKinley, Jarvis Landry. I think we have one of the linebackers I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting who. But look, we still have Nick Chubb. We still have Miles Garrett. Also, Kareem Hunt's going to be out with the ankle injury. Yeah. We still got Deonis Johnson. So there's still some playmakers. And look, the last time we saw Mullins against the Raiders, he won 34-3 to in prime yes, time. Yes, sir. So, you know, it's so ironic considering how Shrikar and I always debate about Nick Mullins with Kyle Shanahan. And now I'm going to have to root for this guy <laughs> in, like, one of the Let's biggest go. games of the season. But you know what, man? I, something about it, dude. Something about just Mike Prefer and this Cleveland Browns. It, it, gives me, it gives me the Broncos game vibes from early in the year for, yeah, like, whatever reason. I know, me too. And this also it also is giving me just – look, I think Miles is, like – Miles has got to have the game of his life. Like him and him and D Ward, 
oh my, I might have just jinxed. Like, these guys better stay, like, healthy because Denzel Ward has been playing, like, top five corner. I don't know if you watched the game, but this dude was this dude was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go with Cleveland on this one. I'm, I'm going with Cleveland, too, mostly because I think no they're going to get – What? I think they're going to no! get – no, I thought you were gonna go Raiders. No, because I, I, I really want to go with the Raiders. And if if the COVID situation stays the way it is right now, I might consider flipping my pick over to the Raiders. Definitely, we have contingency on this game just because of everything going on. I expect the Browns to get some of these players back. Uh, we've seen a lot of players, especially the vaccinated ones, be able to come back because uh, if they're found out early in the week. I also believe this game could get pushed back. Uh, and not be played on Saturday. Like I could see it being a Sunday or Monday night game or not night, but Sunday or Monday game. And so I think that the Browns, maybe it's not Baker, maybe it's not Stefanski, maybe it's not all of them at the same time, but I think they're going to get a couple of the pieces back. And with the Raiders, I mean, I just think, yeah, you're right. They're, they're down and out They're They're down for the count. They are just not a good football team. I kind of see them losing out possibly unless they win this one. So you know, the Browns, I was inspired by them a little bit last week. I was going to come in here. It was going to be a cakewalk pick if, if everyone was healthy. I think they get some of the pieces back. Uh, if not, I might consider, and, if, and I think even on Saturday, might consider flipping it over to the Raiders. But uh, as of now, I'm going with the Browns too. You get a game. Do it. If they lose, I don't. Yeah, but. Now I, that I'm, Jack I, is taking Cleveland, the Raiders are going to win. Yeah, exactly. Jack that's that's the problem. I've honestly been really, really poor on Browns picks this year. Dude, I'm telling you. I've been I'm great on you, I'm telling you, take LV, please. <laughs> please. I think I think <laughs> this is a placeholder pick. Obviously, with okay. all the stuff that we don't, I don't know. Think, no, but if we're being real, the guys aren't going to come back because most of them, like, they're not got declared. We're like Tuesday and Wednesday. They're not getting back in time. It, it's possible. I, I still think it's possible, especially if if the league considers moving back today. Which I yeah, don't but that's really I doubt. Know I doubt yet. Like we've literally had to see Kendall Hilton or Hinton start yeah. for the Broncos. Like I, I that's doubt true. Yeah, I'm just right now. This is a placeholder pick. We'll figure it out uh, once we see some of this news. The players either officially out or or coming back. The next game, though, it's maybe the game of the week. It's the Patriots versus the Colts. Um, two teams that I think in some ways are similar. Some ways are very different. Anish, you want to start us off on this one? Why do I? I start... Why do you have to go last every time? You weasel your way out of it every time. This one, oh man, I don't like doing this one because okay, both are off a bye, and I have to. I don't like picking against Carson Wentz. I don't. I, I don't. Why has he had to play Tampa and Buffalo back to – that's so dumb. <sighs> how could you pick against the Pats right now? Like, how? How are you supposed to do that? You can. No, you – they're not tremendous at stopping the run. So the Pats have won seven straight, right? Yep. I don't know. This one. This one's too tough. Like, I, it's I a Saturday go. game as I'll, well. Yeah, I'll go too. I don't – Go, go, yeah. All okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm winning picks. I, I feel like it's fair that I go first. Fine. All right, go. As you said, that's one seventh straight. Both teams are coming off the bye week. You're picking my boy? So I'm actually going to go with Indianapolis. Oh. I'm actually going to go with the Epstein. And I put this in chat earlier. I said, I have a prediction that the Bills are going to run the table and win the AFC East. And all it's going to take is, you know, a loss from the Pats here and a loss from the Pats against the Bills next week. So I'm going to take Indy because also I think the Colts are built like a lot, like the Pats, especially in the trenches. So I think they can win the battle at the line. They're at home. They're going to be, you know, they're also this, excuse me. Also the desperation factor I think is on the Colts side because they have to win this. Like this is a must win. So 
I'm actually going to take the Colts in an upset here. I don't know what the line is. I think it's Pats minus two, but yeah, it's gonna, tough it's pick. Close. Tough pick, but I believe in the upset here. I was going back and forth, uh, back and forth on this one because there's reasons for both sides. You know, I can plead the case of either team, but I settled on New England. Um, I think both teams are coming off of a bye, uh, but if there's anyone I trust the most in order to you know prep their team during a bye for the next game, it's Bill Belichick. Obviously, everyone talks about it when on defense they scheme away your best thing on offense and that, that's going to be Jonathan Taylor while they're not going to be able to I think fully contain him I trust them in the trenches I trust Bill uh, and, and the coaching staff to have a game plan for how to contain him and while you know they might give up some passing yards to either Pittman or any of the other guys we've mentioned I just think it's so tough it is really tough because I, I really want to pick the Colts because I think that they are a team that is built to beat teams like the Patriots, but I think the coaching um, is really what pushes it over the edge. Um, Also something I forgot to mention, uh, if it comes down to, you know, the end of the game, now I'm not saying I'm picking Mac Jones over Carson Wentz or Carson Wentz over Mac Jones, but I think it comes down to the playmakers that each QB has. And I think Carson Wentz has the edge in that department. I think Pittman can make some plays. If it ever comes down to an end-of-game scenario, I just trust the Colts' offense in that position. Really? I was was going to say, I think it's different. I think the Colts have to win. If the Colts are going to win this game, they're going to win it early. And I really think that because they have to establish the run. They blow leads. They have not. That's the problem. See, they they have not looked good in the second half of games. They have not. The the Ravens game, the Bucks game, uh, those are two that obviously come to mind. Oh, and the Titans. Sorry. Those are the three. Yeah. Like, they have just – they've collapsed that's this is why this game is just so tough right like you know but you're right i man i hate i hate having to do this i'm gonna go with the pats i hate it it's so dumb like i I love bill belichick you guys know that but man i don't want to pick against carson i'm i'm literally getting the best treat ever like after my final on friday i get to watch the browns and carson wins on the same day in prime time I'm going to probably, and both are going to be favored to lose. Like that's so, that sucks, but yeah, just move on. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, the next one I think is a little bit easier for me just because I'm not going to get burned by Pittsburgh again. Uh, not going to go lone wolf in it any anymore. I think, I, I think the Titans beat the Steelers this week. Um, they've shown that even after Derek Henry's been out, they've been able to run the ball semi-effectively. We mentioned Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman. I think they have a decent game against the Steelers uh, and the Titans defense is playing at a really high level right now. So I just trust them to come out and, and shut down big Ben who we know can't push it down the field quite as well as he used to be able to, to put it nicely. We have another variance wow. because I'm going Yay! with Pittsburgh. I'm going with Pittsburgh. The Titans are the better team, I'd say, but they can run the ball, but they're still missing A.J. Brown. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be under pressure. T.J. Watt is going to bring it. Ben just Big Ben just needs to hit a few throws, really, and I think they can win this game. Chris Boswell also, if it comes down to it, I think he can make the game-winning kick. So I'm going to go with the Steelers in an upset, and I pray to God it does not bite me in the butt right now. Damn, dude. I'm going with Pittsburgh too. I, I thought I was oh, going to be the lone yeah. wolf on that. Look, it's at Pittsburgh. I think that's the main reason why. Because the game right. just slows down so much with the terrible towels. Like, it just does. And I feel like in a low-scoring game, I just trust Pittsburgh to kind of eke it out. Um, and, look, Ben's had the, some couple a couple of good halves. You can't even lie. Like, the last yeah. the second half against uh, the Vikings, he was on point. Um, 
So, yeah, I think, you know, if we can get a little bit of that Big Ben, right, that, that is the question. I also just think Deontay Johnson is a matchup nightmare, even if you put Christian Fulton on him. Um, also, as Shrikar mentioned, TJ Watt, and they have the 10 days of rest. I think that's going to be huge. And a moral loss to Minnesota, it's going to have him really angered up. I think Chase Claypool is going to hopefully right. like be like, all right, I got to get my, you know, bleep together. So, yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh. And it sucks because, you know, this AFC North is so tight and this is a game you want to see them lose. Uh, but I will say this quick note, you know, because we haven't talked about Tannehill in a while. Look, his first three years, right? He was seven and three, 2019. He was 11 and five in 2020. And he's nine and four in 2021. This guy's a winner, uh, but it sucks to see that I'm picking against him here. Who are you going with Bengals, Broncos? Me? Yep. <sighs> this is actually the toughest this is game some of the tough week. Tough games, dude. This is very tough. Because whoever loses this, I'd say is done in the playoff race. Unless the Bengals can find a way to win the AFC North, it's still up there. But Cincinnati has picked a terrible time to go cold. Like, this is the absolute worst time. But also, they're the more talented team. So while they are fighting the mile-high air, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to trust that they're just better than Denver. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm going the other way. I'm, I'm going to take Denver in this one. Uh, Burroughs never wow. played at high altitude. Um, maybe did high school if he's traveling. But uh, so far in the NFL, never played at uh, at Denver. Uh, and I just think that the Denver defense is really underrated. Uh, and they're, running, they're rushing attack uh, on the ground with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. It's really clicking. Uh, I trust Teddy Bridgewater to not make quite as many mistakes uh, as, as they as the Bengals would need uh, to come out with a W in this one. And as many good things as I said about Joe Burrow, I just think this is a bad matchup for the Bengals. Damn. I'm also going with Denver. Um, I think this one, this one was a tough one because you want to say that Cincy will bounce back, but I think Denver's just playing with some heart, especially with, you know, rest in peace to Marius Thomas. We didn't even get to talk about that. Uh, you know, he was one of my, uh, you know, a lot of a player that, you know, we talked a lot about back in middle school. So we never really touched on it, but uh, you know, rest in peace to him. I think they've, they've, they've been riding behind that, right. That was one of their most impressive wins. Again, I know it was Detroit, but they look great on both sides of the ball. Uh, that running attack is, is pretty good. And I just don't know if the Bengals can stop it too. Gordon and Javante went crazy, right? Like both of them. So I'm going to go with Denver here. I think they have this a little bit of spark, right? Cause this team was kind of just up and down. They were kind of in the ropes. Right. And then, you know, I know obviously you never want to see anything like this happen, but I think in terms of morale boost, you know, the Demarius Thomas thing was kind of huge for this team. So I'm going to go with Denver. And our final game of the week, we talked a lot about the AFC North in this one. I That's see, I was going to mention that all four teams in this, this is what I'm saying, how tight it is. And the matchups, you're going to continue to see a bunch of AFC North matchups throughout these pick segments because all of them are 500 or better, all the teams they have to play. So you're going to see a lot of this. You're going to have to keep hearing about my division, but I, you know, I said this earlier too. You're just yeah, the keep... Ravens' opponent is way better than 500. Better current NFC uh, leading first seed target, I guess. The Green Bay Packers are host are I believe going to Baltimore uh, in order to play the Ravens. I'm going with the Packers in this one. Uh, Lamar's status is up in the air. The Ravens seem to have run out of luck recently, um, and I just think they do not match up well with the Packers. The Packers are very stout against the run, um, and you know what? I just think that Aaron Rodgers. He's hit another another level. Uh, he doesn't. I don't think he's going to lose games like this, especially after the 
downfalls they've had in the playoffs the last couple of years, if they can lock up the number one seed and host every single game through Lambeau, I think they will be feeling very confident in the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to let a game like this trip them up on that, on that path, especially after they were kind of gifted it with the Cardinals dropping the game last week. I think even if Lamar plays, I'm also going to go with Green Bay. They are going to throw, throw, throw. The Ravens' pass defense is awful. They don't have Marlon Humphrey. Aaron Rodgers could have an amazing game. And also, as I said before, Baltimore has been very, very lucky. Not lucky in terms of injuries, but lucky in terms of the wins they've been getting. Um, So I think, as I said, it's going to come back to bite them. And I think here's another example also with the Pittsburgh game. So I'm going to take Green Bay. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so um, <laughs> taking Green Bay. <laughs> um, I need the I need these guys to lose. And uh, look, if somehow, some way, Nick freaking Mullins can win <laughs> against LV. Listen, just hear me out. If he does, and the Ravens lose on Sunday, who is sitting atop the AFC North? I will let you guess. It is Nick us. Mullins. It will be us. It will be us. Because we have the tiebreaker, and it will be us. So please, Nick Mullins, please knock on wood. Jack, pick the Raiders so we can win. And then I'm also taking Green Bay just because, okay, look, if we're being objective, they're the much better team. Uh, They're getting their defensive players back. Uh, You know, I didn't really want to make this a whole football perspective. These guys already covered it. But uh, Lamar or Tyler Huntley, this Ravens team, I think, is, again, a little bit of a morale loss with the whole injuries. The injury bug just, I think, is consuming them. Uh, and it really sucks because, you know, this team probably did have a lot of potential. But, uh, yeah, Green Bay win, please, please, Green Bay and Cleveland, please. If this could happen, dude. <laughs> I don't even want to get my hopes up because we haven't been first place in the division this late in the year in, like, I want to say since 07, and that's the only time since 1989. So, yeah, I don't want to get my hopes up, but, yeah. You guys, anything else you want to talk about in this episode? I'm not talking Browns wise. I'm I'm done. I'm done hearing about the Browns today. <laughs> Nick Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> I have something we can talk this about. Would be actually, so Feel great if that happens. All right, this is actually a very important topic to me, and I think the podcast as a whole, as we go into the future, uh, I think we got to talk about the fact that Jack, or uh, Joe Mickey, as we say, <laughs> got a uh, shortened season win. In picks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I am to win picks this year, or fans are to win picks this year, it would mean that Jack okay i'm not i'm not not gonna go no dude okay that's all we got for you guys today Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode (laughs) i can't control it if not I can't control the fact that we started the in only like re- nine. The only so reason I- this full one was because he picked the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and because I picked the Texans in the divisional round. That is literally the only reason. I picked the Chiefs in the Super Bowl before the playoffs yeah, started. whatever. But if the Texans had not just blown that stupid lead, because I had, remember that I had the Titans game? Oh my God, stupid Texans. Did they, they stay selling you, but yeah, whatever. No, what, no I, I agree. I want to win one of these real seasons, mostly because, I mean, you just look at how stupid we were those couple seasons, you know, picking, picking oh. uh, Cincinnati to beat Baltimore. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stuff like that it would never how much I've bossed up since then. He has, he has, he definitely <laughs> has. Let's go. But uh, yeah, I mean, just make but sure. As you of right now, I'm the only one with the legit season, so. Okay, we've only done this for like a season and a half, so that's not the biggest. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You just gotta. And you're currently in last, so I would, I would hush. I think, I think if if we went through, I think it'd be interesting if we combined the three seasons. I think I'd still be on top. So, 
That's why we don't use career record as a stat. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use career record. That's what Jamiki <laughs> has to use, you know. In order to no, I was up by like six on you. I was up by like six on you at the end of the year last year. So, yeah, I think it would still be me because we tied. And then. I well, was, how, do you remember how much I beat you in the playoffs? Because I don't think it was one game. Uh, we picked the same I guess maybe team. it wasn't four, but I'm, I'd be real close. We the same teams. We picked the same teams. I don't think that's true. Because I didn't, I didn't pick against Brady once, so I, I had all those, and I picked, I uh, picked Cleveland, and that one. Well, that was the, no, that was the year that Brady lost early. No, I thought we were talking playoffs last year. No, no, no. This, this is the playoffs. Uh, the play, the tiebreaker playoffs that we had to have. Oh for yeah, no, you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, you cleared me by one because I think. I don't think you it had, was one. I don't remember. Oh no, no, two, two, two. I picked, two. I picked. I picked the Titans over the Chiefs too. I think. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. So as of right now, career record, you'd be two up on me. Yeah. So, so oh. I say, you know, you want to oh. you want to put it in season form, but let's look at it in career form. Okay, but even then, Goop still clears Jamiki. So for for now, for now. Yeah. Streetcar's still in last though. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, but he doesn't have the J- Jamiki. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a shortened season win. I don't have the Cincinnati pick. That's true. Okay, but cancels no, him out. But you have Jaron Man, the nickname. So if, if people are still here, Jaron Man, let us know. Give us a poll. I might put it up on the Insta story. Which is a better name, Jaron Man or Jamiki? Well, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna pull this after after we're, we're ending it. I'm gonna. You know it. what? I know people call it you know Jamiki and La Mickey for LeBron. So if you're comparing me to LeBron, I guess I mean I guess I'll take it. Yeah. Yep. Is that what you're saying? That's what it means, right? Oh yeah. I'm Le- I'm LeBron. Yeah. I'll take it. Well. <laughs> That is, that is really all we have for you guys today. We hope you guys had a little bit of fun this episode. Next week, we got the Christmas special coming. Uh, we hope that'll be a little bit of fun. Good luck your first round of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, have fun watching this COVID-killed week of football. Uh, there's still going to be some good games. And next week, I think really prepare, because next week is going to be one of, if not the most important weeks of the season. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please consider leaving a like, hitting the subscribe button, hitting the notification bell, and leaving a comment about anything we talked about in this episode we'd love to hear it uh there's also gonna be clips of this posted so if you want to go respond with some comments on those we'd be happy to get back to you guys on those if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms like spotify apple Podcasts, please consider following the show leaving a five-star review if you enjoyed but anyways that's all we got for you guys today we will see you guys next week thank you so much we've been the cold Truth podcast we will see you next time <laughs>